when you've got a thousand or more messages in you, it's hard to know where maybe this, maybe that. I feel like Paul. Maybe we should go to Bithynia. I shouldn't have compared him. Anyway, maybe we should go to Bithynia. Maybe we should go to Asia. Maybe we should. But I want to be led by the Holy Spirit. And so there was two paths that I was kind of, Lord, this way or this way. But I believe our worship team is anointed also. And even when they don't recognize that they're being led, they're led more than they think. So that last song, that uh, talking about Jesus, I love you. Well, that's one of the paths. So let's start there and we'll see where, we'll see where it goes. Now, I brought my Bible, my phone, my notes. I have no idea if I get to use anything, so we'll see. But on that, I mean, okay. Don't we admire Peter? I'm so, I'm so thankful that Peter was one of the disciples because he made mistakes. And, uh, I'd really appreciate John. Well, all of them, but John also. What gets me about John? John would say, he wouldn't even say his own name. Who are you? Well, I'm the disciple that Jesus loves. <laughs> I always wondered what the others thought about that, you know. Well, there's the rest of them, but I'm the one. You know, history tells us, you know, all of the apostles were martyred except John. And it's not that they didn't try. History says that, and by more than one witness, that they tried to kill John by boiling him in oil. You know, that'll normally get it done right there, you know. I was meditating on that one day. I said, how in the world do you boil somebody in oil and they don't die? He said, well, how did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego survive in the fiery furnace? There was a fourth man in there with them. Oh, about to tip over our prayer bucket right there. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, the reason he's bringing up Peter is on the subject of love. See, it's not John, it's Peter. Now, don't get me wrong. We call John the apostle of love. and of, of all the apostles, John was the only one that was there with Mary at the cross. Why weren't the rest of them there? Pure old fear. Yeah. If they killed my master, they're going to fear they're going to kill the disciple also. But John was there. And that's where Jesus turned his own mother, which is... Jesus had blood brothers, half-brothers, and half-sisters. And it's just unthinkable that you would turn your mother over to a non-blood relative in that culture. But Jesus knew the, the love that John walked in. So he turned his mother over for the rest of her life to be cared for by John. Mother, behold your son. Son, behold your mother. He did that from the cross because they were standing right there. But see, it's not John that we see in the book of Acts where they would bring people on couches and beds. It doesn't say. And I'm, not, I'm sure John had a healing ministry. I'm sure he did. But I'm just saying what we have available to us in the book of Acts. Of all people, they bring them within... The shadow length. It's not the shadow that heals. It's the presence. It's the presence. 
And they would bring the sick and the halt on all. And it says they brought them from everywhere. This was not a one day thing. They brought them from everywhere. All manner of sickness to be in the shadow of Peter. Peter. And they all got healed. See, that's greatly encouraging to me, knowing that Peter was a man who made mistakes. And we're talking about love because the disciples hid all right, all except John, during the crucifixion. But as far as we know, none of the rest of them denied the Lord three times. See, and Peter thought he was ready. Really, if you really read that carefully in all, all, all four Gospels, here's what Peter was really saying before the, before the trial and the crucifixion. He was really saying this, I don't care if all these other guys deny you. I will not deny you. That's really what he was saying. He wasn't just saying about himself. He was comparing himself with the others. And Jesus just looked at him and said, before the cock crows, you're going to deny me three times. And we know the story. That's exactly what happened. In the movie, um, The Passion of the Christ, that scene is in there. But when that happens, and Peter, the last time, he does it with a cursing. You know? Anyway. At that moment, when he does it the third, the, the third time, Jim Caviezel, who's playing Jesus... He doesn't look up with anger. How many times has he looked at me when I was at my worst? But he didn't look with eyes of anger at Peter. It was just love. He knew it was going to happen before it happened. He didn't forsake Peter. Even though Peter denied him three times. <clears throat> now when he was risen from the when Jesus was risen from the grave, he gave the assignment, and the way it's worded is really important. Go tell the disciples and Peter. There's volumes right there. There's volumes right there. Peter took himself out. Jesus didn't reject Peter, but Peter, by his own talk, he denied the Lord. But yet, who's on his mind? Well, of course, his disciples and Peter. Now, the subject is love. and Because after that, after Jesus, after that event, Peter says, I'm going fishing. Went back to what he knew. And then one day they're fishing, they didn't catch anything. There's Jesus on the shore, the, re, the resurrected Christ, who already has bread and fish prepared for them. He calls out to them in the boat, basically, have you caught anything? Do you have any fish? Do you have any meat? No. He tells them what to do. Thank God he tells us what to do. Cast your net on the other side, which was not normal the way to do it. Boy, they caught so many fish, they could hardly bring it in. Peter got a clue. (laughs) 
It's the Lord. He didn't even wait till the ship got back to shore. He jumped, he just jumped in the water and came to Jesus. Now, all of that to get here. Because what's the discussion? What's the cure for Peter? What's the cure? What did Jesus ask him about? Have you studied the scriptures, Peter? Should we study, should we study the scriptures? Did Jesus ask him that? He did not. Peter, you've been in prayer this week? Should we be in prayer? Did he ask him that? Peter, how's your fasting going? Should we fast? Jesus said we would in this dispensation. But did he ask him about his fasting? Given to the poor? Anything else? What did he ask him? What's the cure? Well, before that, before that, he asked him something three times. Jesus, Peter denied him three times. The Lord asked him something three times. Do you love me? You know, Jesus asked a really important question in Luke 6, starting in verse 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? And he goes on with that. I'm going to synopsize a little. He says, I'll tell you, let me tell you about a wise man. A wise man hears what I say, and then he does what I say. And he's like a man that built his house on a rock. The storm came and it it couldn't blow that house down. It couldn't destroy that house. Why? Because it was founded on the rock of doing what I say. Okay. Let me tell you about a foolish man. Now, the foolish man he describes is not an unbeliever. It's not somebody who hasn't heard. In other words, it's not an absolute pagan. That's never heard of Christ. He said, this foolish man, he heard what I said. He heard, he heard it. He doesn't word it this way, but, he's, he said, but he didn't do what I said. Or you could say it this way. He chose not to do what I said. He chose not to do what I say. He heard, but he did not do. That man is a fool. He's building his house on the sand. And when the storm comes, immediately his house will fall. And great will be the ruin of it. Now, he still did in that parable. He doesn't explain why, though. Because the question was, why? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? So he's talking to people that call him Lord. Isn't he talking to church people? Well, the answer is in John 14. And I'm not going to... You can look it up for yourself. John 14, 22, 23, 24. If a man loves me, he will keep my word. In John 14 and 15, he says it three times. In those two chapters, three times he says, If a man loves me, One time he says, he will keep my word. Another time he says, he will keep my commandments. Basically, it's the answer. Why? That is the answer to the question in Luke 6.46. Why? Church, 
Not, not church. Okay, I'll do it this way. Why Gary? There's some things, Gary, that you hear me say, and you do. But there's other things, Gary, that you hear me say, that you don't do. Now, why is that, Gary? And if I had a face-to-face with him right now, I think he'd say, Gary, do you love me? How much do you love me? See, Peter loved the Lord to a great degree. I mean, I think he, he was totally serious. He thought he was ready. Absolutely thought he was ready. I, I don't care if the rest of them all deny you. Not me. <laughs> and it's hard for me to accept that the reason I don't always obey him is because I don't love him enough. But that's exactly what he asked Peter. Now he also told Peter in that same discussion, he says, Peter, I'm, I'm telling you, you're going, to, you're going to be an old man when you're old. They're going to take you somewhere you don't want to go. And it plainly says he was talking about how Peter would give his life for the glory of God. In other words, Peter, you're going to be a martyr. You're going to live to be an old guy, but you are going to be a martyr for my kingdom. And I, I love Peter so much. He turned right around and looked at John, the one Jesus loves. What about John? <laughs> Don't you love it? <laughs> I'm going to die for you. What about John? <laughs> and here it is. He says, now, if it's Peter, if it's my will, if it's my will, that John is still alive when I return. Peter, what is that to you? What's that got to do with you? Peter, you follow me. And boy, see, something changed. Something in that, something somehow changed. Peter after that is never the same Peter as before. Now they all got filled with the Holy Ghost. Everybody got changed, okay? But boy, the love, can I say the love level deepened? Or somehow Peter got more full of love or... Peter loved him. All I know is that it's Peter that we see later so full of the presence of God. He doesn't even have to open his mouth. The presence of God so emanated from his body. If you're sick, just get in shadow linked. And you'll be touched by the living God. Now that's revival. That's where we're going and it's not... Listen, he chose, it's Peter on purpose because it's for you. It's for you. And the question he's asking all of us, if you read through the prophecies exactly like Hans was saying, it's all about spend time with me. Why? Because he won't love you more. You will love him more. That's exactly why he's got us on this path. And I'm finding myself, I'm becoming addicted, even though in the actual times where I, I do, you know, I, I, I do my best to get into worship. Sometimes I use music, sometimes I don't. I'm trying my best. I'm trying. I keep wanting to go back and re-listen to all of Dave's messages and the Holy Spirit won't let me. He says, you already know what to do, now just do it. Dry, i got to tell you, most of the time, dry, 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 dry. I come here, it's not that way, because the worship team, they bring an atmosphere. And it's wonderful. Yes, sir. My goodness.
you know, we had the, the conference at Jim Martin's, uh, which was wonderful, in uh, April, last week in April. And because it would, it, the attendance was pretty good, but it would have been a lot better if we still weren't under some COVID-19. Like I know for sure, I can, off the top of my head, I can think of 15 to 20 people that I know would have been there just from Canada. But Canada is pretty much locked down. They, they can't come. If they do come, they gotta go through a whole expensive procedure to get back in. They gotta stay at a certain hotel. They gotta, you know, 10 day quarantine. You gotta pay all the expenses for that. So it's almost impossible for them to come. But the reason I'm bringing that up is this one lady in particular that came from another state, not from Canada, and she wasn't there on Sunday, but I think she arrived on Monday. Somebody I've known for 20 years. And you would know. But anyway, that's... Man. Monday morning, I think it was Monday morning service, and the worship just just started. And, and I looked over at her. And I mean, big old crocodile tears are just running off the end. We hardly got started. Big old crocodile tears just running off her chin, messing up her makeup and everything. I mean, this is serious. You know? I got to talk with her later. I said, now I wanted to ask, have you been in deep sin? What's going on? <laughs> you because know, sometimes when you see that, it's conviction, you know. I didn't think so with her at all, really. She said, no, it's the presence, the atmosphere, where we go to church in our state. It's, it's, a, it's a good church. She said, they don't really teach false things, but there is not this presence. There is not this atmosphere. This will be known as a presence revival, much like, keep that in mind about Peter, because you are the temple. Now, see, that's why... I know I can read these verses. I knew it before I come up here. That's why I brought that. I got four verses on here that you can write down and look them up later. We're not going to study them today. I just want to put you in remembrance of them today. See, you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Would you say that Peter, that, that episode there in, in Acts, where Peter is just walking, would you say at that moment that he is the temple of the Holy Ghost? It's not Peter healing, healing those people, is it? You could say it's Christ in him. I'd go, yes, hallelujah, Christ in us. But Jesus said, I in them, Father, and thou in me. So ultimately, it's still the Father in us doing the works, but it's Christ in us doing the works. I noticed that Paul normally focused more on Christ in me than he, you hardly ever hear him say the Father in me. But let's just say this, if you've got Christ in you, the Father's in him. I'm going to start saying it more that way myself, because that's how Paul said it. Focus on that. Christ in, in me. But I know what I mean. But let's get the picture. Let's, however you see Peter, good old Peter that denied the Lord three times, but somehow after that his love for the Lord really increased. Peter. Peter, who later on, even after this event, Paul had to rebuke. In other words, he still wasn't perfect. Paul had to rebuke him because he was backslidden back to the law. You know, that, and that's a funny way to say it. We normally think of backslidden back to the bars, but you know, Peter backslid to the law. See, don't let me mix it up. 
things I'd like to throw in there. Stay on target. Yes, sir. So we had this, in my mind, I see Peter. I don't know if he was walking slow. I don't know if they had sidewalks. <laughs> but I, I see this. I see all kinds of cots, some kind of stretcher. They, they brought them somehow. If they couldn't walk, they brought them somehow. Laid them on blankets on the street. Every kind of sickness, every kind of thing you can think of, you know. And Peter's walking down the street, walking down the sidewalk, however you picture it. And as he walks by, as he walks by, somebody who couldn't walk stands up. Somebody who couldn't see goes, I can see. Somebody maybe with... It wouldn't have been leprosy because it wouldn't have let them be there. But it's maybe some kind of skin disease, you know. There's other kind of skin diseases. And suddenly their skin is clear. The deaf could hear. It's just presence. Peter at that moment is doing what Jesus did. See, Jesus was the temple of God. He was the um, tent of meeting. He was the tabernacle with legs. And where he went, the presence of God went with him. And Peter is doing the same. Peter gives me hope. Gary, do you love me? I hear it. I hear it. My meditation. Because I like to be busy. Anyone knows me, I like to be busy. Gary, do you love me? i got to be careful with the Martha thing. Martha was trying to help. Had a good heart. She was wanting to help. In her mind, this has to be done. A lot of times I'm like that. This, well, it just has to be done. In fact, Mary almost scolded Jesus for not making her sister help her. <laughs> Aren't you going to make Mary help me? I hope I'm saying Martha and Mary right. Martha sort of scolded Jesus. Aren't you gonna, aren't you gonna make my sister Mary? Cause Mary just, I don't care, what, I don't care about that kitchen stuff right now. Y'all can, y'all can fast. <laughs> Isn't that true? Isn't that what she, Mary goes, I don't care if y'all fast. He's talking. I'm staying right here. And the way Jesus said it, Mary has chosen. See, you gotta, don't miss that word. Mary has chosen the best part. She made a choice. Even though there was pressure. See, I warned you last week about squirrels. Now, I better let people know what I'm talking about. Because <laughs> if you didn't hear last, there's a movie called Up, which I like. It's a cartoon. Uh, there's a dog in it. That's a very friendly dog. Happy dog. Good dog. But every time you try and give him an assignment to do anything... He'll start, but if he, his attention is easily diverted. Squirrel. <laughs> he was supposed to do this. Squirrel. The Lord warned us last week about squirrels. I didn't get out of the parking lot. 
till I got a phone call. And I said out loud, after I hung up, not to them. <laughs> Squirrel. <laughs> At least I recognized what it was. Trying to divert me with some emergency, you know, which wasn't an emergency. But see, Mary chose the good part. And the way the Lord says it, says that Mary has chosen. She's chosen. Don't forget that. It's your choice. And it will not be taken away from her. In other words, Martha, I don't care how much pressure you put on her or you try and put on me. She has chosen the best part, and it's not going to be taken away from her. There's almost a warning there. If you try and take it away, you might find some opposition from the Lord. So in my mind, I have this picture of Peter, this movie, while with somebody make Mel... I want to see Peter. I want to see that shadow. I want to see it, you know. I see it on the inside. But see, that's, that's the revival exactly where we're headed. Dave prophesied it. Bronk has seen it. God has prophesied it through Pastor Bronk. Over in this section, there'll be people getting, they're blind, will be getting healed. Over in this section over here, uh, insane people will be, have devils cast out. And, and, uh, uh, I can't even think of the names right now, but, what are those? Uh, paranoia. <laughs> uh, that kind of you know, stuff that's sometimes caused by devils. Not always, but sometimes. Well, those devils will be coming out. They'll be getting free. Over in this section over here will be the... You can't hear. Go right over here. We got, we got some believers. We've got some Peters in this section right here that they're going to... They minister to ears. And, that's, it, and I'm telling you, it will be packed... When the word starts getting out, it won't just be here. It'll be anywhere where that's happening. That field, Dave saw it more than once. The field that's empty right next to the church here. He said, that thing will be full. I mean, you, you won't be able to keep them away. You can put up police barricades and they're still going to get through. If I had a blind child and I found out Jesus was alive and well and healing that child, you, you better bring guns to stop me because I'm coming. <laughs> I'm bringing my child, you know. Now, can you see that Peter at that moment is the temple of God? He is the temple of God. He's the, te- now, and I'm not, it's not just Peter, but we have that picture really good in the book of Acts. Now, what about you? Now, here's the four verses. Just write them down for now. You thought I forgot about them, but I did forget. 1 Corinthians 3.16. Know you not. Okay. Okay, I, I think you'll let me do this. Know you not that Peter is the temple of God? <laughs> and that the Spirit of God dwells in Peter? So we read that and we go, wow, God was really in Peter. But see what this says is, know you not that you, you are the temple of God. Put your hand on your heart just for a moment. Just, it says, I know I am the temple of God. The Spirit of God lives in me. Hallelujah. See? 1 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now if any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. But now listen. But the temple of God is holy. Which temple you are? Put your hand on your heart. 
I am the temple of God. The temple of God is holy. Which temple I am? Okay. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own. Now, Hans brought out a good point. It's amazing how the Lord does these one-two punches, and we don't do any preparation really ahead of time. But in fact, he's doing Hans like he does me. doesn't even give him the message till it's too late. I'm on the way there. I, I can't study. I, yeah, it's good. That way you don't mess it up. <laughs> but Hans did a really good job this morning on many aspects, but he brought out about our bodies. He, I'll use the example he had. You know, sometimes you wake up and you, you know, like Hans. I'll just pick on Hans. You got a headache. The headache says, "Well, you can't go preach. You got to call in, and tell him I can't go preach today, or something." Call Tim. Yeah. And how many times have we let stuff like that stop us? You know, I have. Not many. <laughs> but Hans had it right. He says. Your body does not have the right to tell you what to do. Your body does not even belong to you. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. He said, we are to rise up in the authority of the name of Jesus and start telling our body, you serve me as I serve the Lord. By the way, you say that same thing to money. Money, either... Dave says there's two ways you can spend your life serving money. One is to run after the stuff your whole life. And the other one is to your whole life let the lack of money tell you what you can and cannot do. I lived there a long time. This is a good confession. Money. Say it with You are my servant. I don't serve you. You serve me. As I serve the kingdom. Body. I don't serve you. You serve me. As I serve the kingdom. My body is the Lord's. My body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And it is holy. Because I keep it holy. Amen. Keep it well too. We're learning how to do that. I'm learning how to do it. Hallelujah. The fourth one is 2 Corinthians. It's amazing. All of these are in Corinthians, which is the baby church. (laughs) Supposed to be stuff you know in kindergarten. 2 Corinthians 6.16 And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? Here it is again. For you are the temple of the living God. Put your hand on your heart. I am the temple of the living God. God lives in me. God walks in me. He is my God. I am His people. Amen. So I've been endeavoring to go farther into worship. I think the aspect that has to grow more than anything in Gary is love.
And I do love the Lord. I love Him to a certain level. And I think, you know, even Peter, when the Lord asked him, Peter, do you love me? You know I love you, Lord. Second time, Peter, do you love me? You know I love you, Lord. Third time, Peter, do you love me? Uh, you know whether I love you or not. <laughs> well, that's kind of where I am right now. I know the Lord knows I love Him. But the level of love that He's calling me to walk in, apparently it's deeper than where I am currently walking. Does that make sense? What's the cure? Apparently come away with me, my beloved, because over and over in the present hour speaking, over and over, last year and this year, spend that time with me. Now, it's not just in worship. There's the Word. There's prayer. There's fasting. But he's specifically emphasizing worship in these times. So, again, I started to say a while ago, now, in, not here at the church, because there's an atmosphere and a presence, but when I'm at home doing this, or in the car, boy, it's dry. It is so bone dry. I, I, I could, of all the hours, and I don't want to exaggerate, but it's a lot of hours at this point, I maybe, I maybe have experienced three one- or two-minute moments of actual... Oh, there he is. The rest of it, dry as cracker juice, as Dave would say. I love you, God. Cracker juice. I love you, God. I really do love you, God. Splat words on the floor. Like Dave said, you want to get a spatula, throw them back up to God. Yet, at the same time, there's an addiction happening, even though I don't feel a lot of it. There's some kind of addiction happening within me that... That I want more. Even what little bit I want more. And it's drawing me back. And uh, I mentioned the squirrels. This was squirrel week. <laughs> uh, have you ever had squirrel week? Dear Lord, everything. And it's none of it was really evil, you know. But it's just this and that. And take your attention here. Take your attention there. And then by the time you do have some time, all you want is a nap. <laughs> You're wore out, you know. <laughs> See, I know if it could work for Peter. It can work for Gary. I know as my love increases, him who is love increases in me. Because God is love. Doesn't have love. He is love, see. Also, perfect love casts out fear. See, I see the, I see John and Mary again standing at the cross. Why was John there and nobody else? Not, well, I mean none of the other disciples. Why, why John? Perfect love casts out fear. John was walking in more love than any of the rest of them. It's just, it's just that simple. And he wasn't afraid. Hmm. Of course, the more you see love, and then you see yourself, those are not good days. And if you're not careful, 
you can become so discouraged you'll want to just quit. You want to just curl up in a ball and die. Can I say it that way? Sue and I long ago gave up the idea of trying to find another church. Where would we go? Come on. Going to go back where they're going to put me back under the law? Going to go back and tell me I don't need to change? Honey, I need to change. Shut up. Preacher tell me I'm okay the way I am? Shut up. Not either. I mean, I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. If I died right now, I'd go right to heaven. I know that. I'm talking about revival. Talking about where... Yes, sir. Okay, he's talking about revival. He brought it back around again. See, the period we're going through right now is that uh, it started off, what, a year and a half ago with the wall of fire. Y'all remember that? And we got to go through this purging process. Do we see that in Matthew 21? You don't have to turn any of these places, but what do we see in Matthew 21? That's where Jesus cleanses the temple. Now, in the natural, he went into the stone building, the temple, and he made a little whip. The whip, really, I found out, was not for the people. <laughs> really, what the whip was for the animals. You know, and it, was, it wasn't like a Lash LaRue. God, nobody's, uh, nobody's old enough to remember Lash LaRue. <laughs> anyway, it wasn't like a long whip. Like, you know, it's like a little short thing. Like you, like you, you know, come on, cow. Come on. Get out of the way. But see, he had, he had, to, he had to cleanse the temple. Yes, sir. Before he could take his place in the temple. Because after he's driven out the money changers, after he's driven out the animals, you can imagine the mess that's in the temple. Come on. Might be some mess in your temple. No, in Gary's temple there might be some. Need some Holy Ghost mopping. Floor mopping. Anyway. See, it was... Here's the point. It took a long time for me to get this. He was not willing to co-lord with the money changers. Oh, I'll be another lord along with money. I'll be another lord along with religion. I'll take my place here along with your other lords. No. It says the temple had to be cleansed. And only then did the blind and the lame come to him in the temple and he healed them. We're in that very purging process right now. With some of us, some of us, it's he's still dealing with temper things. Some of us, it still might be love of money things. With others, it might be fear of lack of money, things. With others, it could be even more fleshly things, like pornography. could be alcohol, could be drugs, could be... When I look around, it's easier to do this when I'm preaching where I don't know anybody. (laughs) Because it really doesn't matter what your struggle is. The Lord will fix it if you let him. And that was Han's message. There was a, a prophecy that came kind of in two parts right at the end of Han's message. I can't wait to read it. I can't wait to hear it again. 
See, because the Lord, I do know this, the Lord was saying, I've got your answer. That's what, isn't that what he was saying? I, ha- I have your answer and you can have it, but you can't have it without coming to me. Well, that's Luke 11. See, and the, 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 what we're after is a revival where we literally deliver the bread to the people. And what I mean by bread is the healing, the, the miracles, where the blind see, the lame walk, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, where Victoria gets her brain, where Tommy Perez finally comes out of that place, gets on an airplane himself and flies here and stands right here and gives his testimony, what great things the Lord has done for him. Won't that be a day? Where Dave walks in the door? Dave 2.0. Better looking, more that's possible. Better looking, more anointed, and funnier than ever. Lord, walk in, say, Gary, you can, or Alan, or Hans, you can sit down now. I'll take it from here. Boy, that's going to be a day. Where my wife's hearing's restored, mine too. Mine's, I can hear pretty good, but it's not like it was. Where I walk straight as a string all the time. That's one of my battles. See, that's bread for us, and that's good, but our cup needs to overflow. See, Peter's cup was splashing on everybody. Can you see that? Man, Peter is so full of God. He's, he's, I have this, you know, I can just see him kind of walking down the, the road, and here's the sick, and his cup is just splashing. <laughs> just and it's the presence of God. It's nothing more. It's the presence of God. It's the anointing of the Holy Spirit, whatever terminology you want to put on it. But he's full of God. You know, the psalmist David, he saw it ahead of time. My cup runneth over. See, right now I'm hearing out of your belly, if you really believe on me, out of your belly, out of your innermost part, will flow rivers, plural, of living water. Rivers. That's streams of salvation for the lost. That's streams of healing for the sick. That's streams of finances for the poor. That's streams living waters. Plural. Rivers. Now rivers, plural, of living water. Yes. So we got to be full. So I keep coming full circle right back around. Gary, do you love me? Why don't you do everything that I say, Gary? Gary, do you love me? Lord, thou knowest. Gary, you might want to spend some more time in worship. The more you spend time with me. No, he really said it to me. He said, the more you spend time in my presence, the more my presence gets in you. I think that's true with Peter. I'm going to leave you with this. Again, we never know anymore how long these or short these messages are going to be. And I don't care, do you? I just want him to do what he wants. So the last vision that I see now, again, is that that one that he gave uh, last Saturday when I was in prayer, not yesterday, but a week ago. Because I saw a scene that we've all seen. It was a hospital patient. Just It wasn't anybody in particular, but somebody laying in a bed. And you know how they'll hook up a, a drip, a bag above you, because it's a gravity feed. And there's a tube connected from the medicine whatever it is, into you. So that what's in the, in the medicine bag eventually gets into you. <clears throat> and I was seeing this during this time of prayer and worship Saturday morning. Uh, and, and I'm going, 
it's such an easy picture. I mean, here's the patient needs something. Put Gary there. <laughs> Gary needs more love. Gary needs more uh, presence. Gary needs more bread. Whatever. Well, bread wouldn't flow through the bag. Gary needs more <laughs> medicine. Gary needs more medicine. Okay, okay. And I saw it. I said because the bag obviously has to be above the patient. I said, now, are you saying that the more time I spend worshiping you in the real, t- see, in the spirit, we c- Hebrew says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace. He's talking in the spirit. We're spirit beings. We can literally go into the real holy of holies. Now, I'm not talking about weird, you know, new age space travel spirit. I don't know. That's beyond. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking in the spirit. We can worship him in truth. You mean the more time that I spend actually worshiping you, spending time in your presence, almost like an intravenous drip (laughs) from you above flows down to me on earth what I need. Not only what I need for myself to get me off the hospital bed, but there will be an abundance that I can deliver to others? I believe that's what he's saying. See, and the connector, there's got to be that connection of the tube. The tube is Christ in you. That is the Spirit of Christ. It's not. I thought for years it was the Holy Spirit, but it's not. Holy Spirit's what flows through the tube. Because we come in, in Luke 11, what do you come in there after? Bread. What do you leave with? Holy Spirit, because He is the manifester of the bread. They're preaching before I can even say it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Good preaching right there. Hallelujah. So, the more time I spend with Him in the throne above. See, this is why one of the reasons why Jesus said the Lord seeks after. See, we're seeking, but the Lord is seeking. Said he's seeking after this kind of worshiper. What kind? The kind that can worship him in spirit and in truth. See, on during Jesus's three and a half years on planet Earth, he was the only one that could do that. Now, in spirit, I'm talking new nature. He was his first birth is what we get at the second birth. He had the life of God, the spirit of of God in him from the beginning. Well, he could worship the Lord in spirit. Why do you think he spent all night out there on the mountains? Why, why would he go off by himself and spend those times? And it, and it was pretty private. It had to be because they didn't know what he was praying. They said, if they, if they heard him, then they wouldn't have to ask, teach us how to pray. So this is private. This is between him and the Lord. But then he tells them. And he gives that wonderful teaching in Luke 11, which I'm not going to do again. My big error, I understood it to a degree for years, but I missed the ask, seek, and knock part. I kept thinking, okay, okay, I know God is not like that mean guy that's not going to give me the bread. I got that part, Jesus. I had that years ago. God wants me to have the bread. But somehow I missed ask, seek, and knock. What is the purpose of knocking on any door? Isn't it so the door will open? So you can go in and seek who's in there. Finally, on my lightning quick brain, 
Gary, it's no point standing out here on the porch asking for the bread and expecting it somehow. He's going to throw you biscuits over the wall. If you want the bread, son, you need to ask, seek, and knock. You've got to go in where he is. He is the bread. Spend time in his presence so the Holy Spirit fills you up. There's a song right now that I listen to all the time. It's a real simple song. Um, Fill me up, Lord. Fill me up, Lord. And uh, I was listening to it again, saying those words again this morning. Just fill me up, Lord. Starts off with, you provide the fire, I'll provide the sacrifice. It kind of goes along with going through the fire, doesn't it? All I know is, I think we're on the right path. The one-two punch today with Hans, he was saying, now you better pay attention to these present hour speakings. Yes, sir. That's what it was, okay. He has great patience with us. Let's talk about present hour speaking for a minute. There's a time to quote the Word of God. When uh, One of the most important verses to me in the whole Bible is Matthew 4.4. 4. Man, it is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but man shall live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now, the context is so important there. See, this is the last Adam being tempted by the same tempter that brought down the first Adam. First Adam knew what he knew that what God had said. That wasn't written that we know of, but he sure knew what God had said. What if the first Adam would have done what the last Adam did? I'm not eating that fruit. I don't care what you say, you liar. <laughs> I know what God said, and I'm sta- it is written, <laughs> or it has been spoken. <laughs> I will not eat that. Well, if the first Adam would have done that, we wouldn't be in the predicament that we're in now. So the last Adam had to succeed where the first Adam failed. Same tempter, same fallen angel. He's coming and he's trying to tempt him to move away from the Word of God. And Jesus just will not do it. He held in that. That's why it's called the shield of faith. When you're under attack, it is written, it is written, it is written. Just stay with the Word of God. But see, we, and I thank God, anyone knows me knows I love the Word of God, the written Word of God. I love it on my phone. I love it in printed page. I like it anyway. I like it all. Okay? But see, if that's all we needed, why in the world did he send us the Holy Ghost? Because let's take, let's take, now you look this all up later. In Acts 16, Paul and Silas had finished their assignment. They didn't know what to do next. They're at first, they're thinking about going to, I think the first one is Bithynia. In my meditation, you know, the little movie plays. They don't know what to do next. Where do we go next? What do you think? Little movie. Silas says, Paul, you ever been to Bithynia? No, I've never been there. I was there last year. I'm telling you, ain't nothing but a bunch of heathens. Well, if anybody needs the gospel, it's in Bithynians. Let's go to Bithynia. You know. But it says the Holy Ghost forbade it. Now, you tell me. Search. Let me know when you find it. Thou shalt not go. To Bithynia. 
Is that in the written word? Other than that event? They could not. There's times when you the written word is all you need. It is your shield. But there's times you need the present hour speaking of the Lord. They didn't know what to do. God is alive and well. Jesus is on the throne. Refuse not him who speaks. Not spoke. Speaks from heaven. And the Holy Ghost brings that to you. So there's no written word for them to go to and said, Oh, we can't go to Bithynia. Right here it says, don't go to Bithynia. There's no written word for that. Next it was Asia. They're just humans. They're doing their best trying to obey God. Maybe we need to go to Asia. At that time he's really talking about Ephesus. That area. Maybe we should go to Asia. But the Holy Spirit suffered them not. Well, where do you... There is no chapter and verse... For thou shalt not go to Asia. You need the present hour speaking of the Lord. Okay? I, I used to teach it this way. I said, boy, I wish there was one more book in the Bible. we got 66 books. I wish there was 67. Well, what would the 67th one be called? It's the book of Gary. <laughs> when you're 74, you're supposed to be doing this. When you're 75, you're supposed to be doing this. When you're 102, <laughs> man, I'd like for there to be a, you know, that'd be easy, wouldn't it? Book of Gary. Well, there is a book of Gary. It's in the mind of Christ. He knows my life the same way he knew Peter's life. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows exactly. There is a book of Gary, but it's not in printed form. I have to get the book of Gary from the Holy Spirit. Is that pretty good? There is a book with your name on it. It's the plan of God for your individual life. See, Sue and I, we're connected. We got a, we got a life together. We two have become one. See, we have to, we have to find the book of Gary and Sue. That's a good book. Give the book of Gary Sue. <laughs> Gary, she likes that. Gary Sue. The book of, sounds almost Hebrew. Gary Sue. No, anyway. But we've got to find it. And see, we've got to walk in it together. We can't walk in it independently. We've got to find it. I hope this is making sense. I know it is. Dave used to say all the time, he said it was really embarrassing for him. Now, this was near the end. You know, he, he had been walking in the maturity of the Lord for a long time when he would say this. He said, it's really embarrassing for me if God has to send a prophet to tell me something. And it's not that he was against that. He says, well, if I need it, I need it. Well, why is it embarrassing to you, Pastor Dave? <laughs> he says, I'm supposed to be able to hear God for myself. God's not withholding any good thing from me. So if he's been, let's just say that the prophet comes and it really is something Dave needs to hear. Okay, it really is a word from the Lord. Well, why hasn't Dave already heard it? And Dave would explain it this way. He said, well, it's something I don't want to hear. <laughs> Every time God starts to say that, I just shut that off and I do something else. Or, you know, I, I, I squirrel. <laughs> I, I do something else, you know. And so God, but it's important. It's part of the, if it's really something on the path that has to happen, then God will deal with me in dreams and visions and trying to talk to me, trying to speak to me about it. But if I just keep shutting it off, Eventually, he has no choice. 
and he'll have to send a prophet. And if it's a real prophet, it's something I need to hear, well, so be it. But he said, man, I'm embarrassed. I always have to go apologize to God when that happens. I am so sorry. I know you were trying to tell me that. I'm so sorry that I resisted you. Well, let's not resist him. Let's not resist him. I'll close with this. Um, Maybe. (laughs) I lost charge a long time ago. God, I'm not going to give you any details about this, but here's an example from my own life. What is today, the date? 22nd, 23rd? On the 21st, I got a call from somebody I don't think I've heard from now, maybe five to ten years. I haven't heard from them. Um, it was, he's not, he wouldn't call himself a prophet. But the purpose of the call was to remind me something. Remind me, he says, you haven't forgotten about this part of your calling, have you? And it's not that I had forgotten. I chose to ignore it. Dad Hagen was a pastor for a long time. And then God called him to teach, and he started teaching. He had better results teaching than he did pastoring. But then God started talking to him about a prophet's anointing. A few years after that, when once I mean a few years after Dad Hagen knew about that, one time the Lord asked him, says, I hope I'm getting this right. It's, the principle is right. He says, What were you planning on doing with that prophet anointing that I gave you? And Dad Hagen says, I wasn't planning on doing anything with that. <laughs> and the Lord said, Well, you're going to have to. You're going to have to, or you're not going to fulfill what I've called you to do. That's I got a wake-up call. So it's the Lord stirring me up. Whether I like it, whether I don't like it, I'm going to have to. And so that's going to require some change. This is not a squirrel. This is a ship course adjustment that has to happen. And I don't know what all that's going to entail. We'll talk about that later. So today is a lot about the present hour speaking of the Lord, especially the part about worship. He is, He intends to fill us. I hope you keep that image of Peter walking down the street with the anointing of God, so overflowing his cup. He's so full of God. He can't even help it. It just splashes out on the people. That is the kind of... See, wouldn't that fit with the... In the days to come, you're just going to laugh that you ever thought it was so hard? How many can walk down the street? I can. I mean, just can't. Can you walk down the street? You can walk down. People aren't raising their hands. Anyway. <laughs> Come on. This is not a... I'm not setting you up. You can walk down the street. How easy is that? And the sick get healed. And say, I used to think this was hard. I'm going to walk down that street next. And they get healed. How easy is that? Let's get our cup overflowing. Father, I just thank you. I feel that release now, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I praise you. Thank you for bringing us gently, gently, but ever relentlessly into the fullness of this revival of presence. Soundness of mind and sanity where even the most intellectual minds will have to say, your God must be God. 
Father, we thank you and praise you for the ministry of your Holy Spirit. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence. Thank you for your long-suffering. Thank you for your mercy that's new every morning. Thank God. Father, we just, we're going to do our best, Lord. We're facing another week. We have a week ahead of us. No apostle on the planet has more hours than each of us have. It all depends on how we steward those hours. Father, help us become better stewards of our time. Help us understand, like Mary, what's most important so that we choose that right part. And then, Father, with your anointing, you'll, you'll help take care of all the natural parts. We don't want to be another generation where revival passed by. Like you were passing, you would have passed the ship by, Lord. I don't want to be in another generation that lets revival pass by. Help us learn to get out and walk on the water. Do the supernatural that no man can do. Fill us with yourself, Lord, in Jesus' name. No, it's not too late. He's saying it again. I don't know whether you're the same one watching again or somebody else he's talking to and maybe even in this room. It is not too late. I'm 74. Tim is 81, I think. We're pressing like we're young men. Sue is with me. We're, we're pressing. Pressing towards the mark. We got, we got, it's not too late. The Lord is, it's never too late with the Lord. What He wants is a change. Okay? What He wants is a choice like Martha and Mary. Choose like Mary did. Choose to spend that time with Him. If you do, wonderful things are going to happen. It's not too late. It's not too late. The Lord is smarter than all of us put together. He, if, you, if you start hearing from Him, He will help you with all of those natural things that have to be done. He will. Let's be like Mary and choose that good part. Let's spend that time with Him like He keeps telling us. Father, I just thank you for everyone that's hearing, everyone that's heard this message, whether it's today or in the future. I thank you, Lord, that you're stirring us up to continue spending that time with you. Come away with you, that you can fill the cup to overflowing. Father, we just love you, we thank you, and we praise you. Thank you, Lord, that your word is true, and we are, you are completely trustworthy. We love you, Father, in Jesus' name. And if you agree with that, you can say, Amen.